All right, how we doing everybody? It is 4-19-19. I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and for the first time since Kevin Durant switched teams, the Warriors are looking like they might be vulnerable. Matt Bowman's here. Jake Bauman's here. We're going to discuss that and the rest of the NBA playoffs. We're also going to dive into the Champions League. The final four set, it's Liverpool, it's Ajax, it's Tottenham, it's Barcelona, it's Red Talk. Before we get started, our show is brought to you by, you guessed it, O'Shea's Irish Pup. It's Friday, so it's a great time to make your way out to O'Shea's tonight for some live music, a Patrick's Burger, and an incredible time. All right, let's get it going. Guys, it's great to have you on. We've had some crazy entertaining days of sports over the last couple of weeks, and it appears we're geared up for even more drama. The Clippers came back from 31 the other day. It's the biggest comeback in NBA playoff history. This is a team that does not have one guy with one all-star appearance. They at least take one from the Warriors. Maybe the bigger story is that the Monstar starting lineup of Golden State is gone now. DeMarcus Cousins likely torn quad in the opening minutes of Game 2. How do you all see this injury affecting Golden State going forward? So, I, th- I mean, I see it as them going back and playing the small ball lineup that they used to with Draymond Green back at the center. Um, I mean, I know they'll be able to bring Looney. They'll probably end up starting Looney. Yeah. Um, cause I think they did that for quite a bit last year, if I recall correctly. Um, so like, I'll see them starting with that, but I think over time you'll see them go with that small ball, small ball lineup and just going back to the old Warriors style of shooting a lot of threes. What's interesting is the day before cousins got hurt, Steve Kerr gave a press conference and in that press conference, he said, my lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala, not cousins is the best five in the NBA. They're all healthy. And they're going to play, and and I don't think people can stop it. And that was before the Cousins injury, so now we're really going to find out. But their depth has been the biggest question all year. They used to be a team that went 9 or 10 deep before the KD days, and now they can't do that anymore because of the way their uh, payments are structured. And, and it's just crazy that you go look at them now. They don't have a JaVale McGee. They don't have anybody like that. Jordan Bell is not playing because he ordered something on Mike Brown's pay-per-view in his hotel. So Jordan <laughs> Bell not so going to play at all. Yeah. He's done. This is a team that left Damian Lee off their playoff roster. I mean, who's running this show? I don't know what's going on. Jake, how do you see the injury affecting them going forward? So for me, I kind of like agree with what you said, and I honestly agree with what Steve Kerr said, that small ball lineup. I mean, let's look at the past. Let's look at what they did the last couple of years. They, they're winning titles, and they're doing it with small ball lineup. And honestly, if you look at the last couple of finals, when they're going up against LeBron, even though they have a guy like Javel, like you stated, they there's no dominant center that's a force in those playoff series and in those final series. And yes, they're a little bit lopsided, but still, I mean, the, they're in favor of the Warriors. And uh, I think, in my opinion, the biggest the biggest problem for the Warriors going forward is which it hasn't really been a problem yet. But in a game like we were talking about, they won. They're up 31 and they end up losing. You know, if you have a DeMarcus Cousins out there, you can slow it up, you can stop runs, you can junk it up a little bit, you know, get get into the half-court set and just feed DeMarcus Cousins because, I mean, let's be honest, if you have to guard him one-on-one, which you're going to have to with all those shooters all over the court, you just, it's going to be a problem for any team in the NBA. Especially if you're the Clippers. The Clippers don't really have anybody for Cousins, and he was playing so much better that last 10 or 11 games. And I feel like everybody's downplayed that signing all year. Oh, they're worse with Cousins. Cousins doesn't fit and everything. But you still have DeMarcus Cousins on your basketball team, or you don't. I mean, the guy blocks shots. He can score in the post. He's not a great defender, but he's DeMarcus Cousins. And there are other alternatives, as Matt said, Kevin Looney and uh, 
Andrew Bogut. Which, I mean, can he even do anything in the post now? He's 34 years old. He wasn't even in the league. They signed him late. And uh, he, he joined LeBron in that first Cleveland year. And everybody was like, oh, this is a big pickup. Bogut has been big for the Warriors. Now he's with LeBron. How's it going to affect? Bogut breaks his foot in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Two minutes, dude's foot's broken. No Hasn't appeared in the NBA since. And I felt like when the Warriors picked him up, it was kind of a reach. But, man, I with Cousins out, I, I really see a lot of vulnerability in this Warriors team. I don't think... Andre Iguodala is as good as he once was. And I think Clay Thompson and KD are a little bit dejected. Did you all see that interview where they ask him, hey, uh, how could you guys leave? It's not a bad question. It's just how could you all ever leave? This is one of the best NBA teams of all time. And three of them are laughing, having a good time. Mm -hmm. Those three being Steph, who is always laughing and having a good time. Mm -hmm. Just a great guy. And then Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala, whose situations do not get any better than what they're in right now in terms of – uh, all-around popularity, basketball situation, probably payment too. I mean, all of it's perfect in Golden State for them. And then you have Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, straight face the whole time, staring down, going into free agency. Doesn't look good. It feels like the vibe's off. No, I completely agree. I mean, it takes a special kind of player to be to be willing to sit back and be robbing the whole his whole career. Which, if I mean, Kevin's been the main guy before, but this is the first time he's been you know not maybe not the main focus of the fans or the media attention at the on a team, but. Klay Thompson, ever since he stepped in the league, I mean, he's got all-star. You know, he is an all-star in himself. I mean, he's a phenomenal shooter. As far as two-way players go, you're. I mean, you might be able to count on one hand better two-way players in the league than Klay Thompson. So, I mean, like I said, it takes a special player. You look down in history, how many players, knowing that they could be the number one player on most teams in the NBA, have just set and been willing to be number two or number three on a team like the Warriors – it's obviously not Kevin Durant. Yeah. He seems to be the least cool with it. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's been mean to the media all year. Everybody asks him a question. He's so mean to him. <laughs> it's like, dude, you make you make all this money, man. Be nice to people. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I think like the way they're seeing it, especially Kevin Durant, who, I mean, he's already you know left the the Thunder and gone to the best team in the NBA at the time, and it's like for him, it's always going to be Steph's team. Like He has no chance of it being his team. Because even when he was in OKC, he was still kind of sharing it, in a sense, with Russell and uh, James Harden for a little bit. And it's like, I think he really wants to branch out and be on his own team, as Jake had said as well. And it makes sense. And I think he always thought, they'll eventually embrace me equally as Steph. And that just hasn't been how it's gone. And I mean, KD's back-to-back NBA Finals MVPs. Nobody's questioned how good he is. But I think all year we've kind of known He's probably out at the end of this year. The Clay Thompson thing, though, is very surprising. I never, in a second, really pictured him leaving. I just felt like KD would leave, and Clay and Steph would be like, "Okay, dude, like we're gonna go win it again without you. It doesn't matter." And I really felt like that was gonna be the storyline. Do you all think this is the last year of this Warriors team? I I honestly think so. And uh, one factor I want to mention on that last thing with Kevin Durant, especially. Uh, Kevin Durant's already the biggest bad guy in the NBA. He left a franchise that. He was loved in. He can't. His reputation. He's been caught arguing, arguing with freaking kids on Twitter using fake accounts. I mean, he's the biggest bad guy in the NBA. His his reputation can't get any worse. So that's that kind of leads into this point on why there's nothing that I mean. He can go get a huge max contract with a big market like the New York Knicks, be a main focus in a huge meet. You know, the mecca of of basketball. But is he going to be the main focus if the Knicks get number one and draft Zion? No, I mean, I, like that's almost my thing. It's and that, that's a tough rings, thing. Though. How much do they like 
KD in New York if they really get Zion. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like to he's say, back but... to well, we drafted Zion, so this is our guy. Like you just mm, I, no, I completely agree. It to me, it's going to come down to I think I think even if Kevin Durant and Clay leave, which I think, like I said, I think this is the last year that I mean, there's only so long that a franchise like that can sustain itself. You know, even if they're all the best guys, you're. They're Those kind of bored. guys want attention. They want the money, max deals, and you know what? Let's be honest, they deserve it. They're the best players in the league. Yeah, and they're but, completely maxed out too. Like with Cousins making six million a year, which makes no sense. I don't mm-hmm. know why the Lakers didn't just pay that man twelve million dollars. Oh, They'd be in the playoffs right now if they for did. For sure, for and sure. That's the thing. Like their lineup right now is already at its maximum potential. They're they have Cousins on a six million dollar contract, and then all these other guys are seriously getting paid. KD's gone. They might be able to reload a little bit, but this bench is terrible, and that's my main thing with it. Is is that's not getting any better? They can't pick up anybody now. And you look at a team like the Rockets that they're about to play. That's looming. Who go nine deep? Who every single one of their players hits threes? They've turned Austin Rivers into a competent NBA basketball player, and it, it's just weird. It, it seems like James Harden is just your like, the best player to play with in the league. And, and that's an odd thing because it seems like he's such a solo superstar, but he makes the right pass every time, kicks to people that are open for threes. They're just built the right way, and the Warriors aren't. And that's so weird because they have been in the last four years. Ah, I don't know. It, it, they feel vulnerable. Matt, do you think this is it? I think so, too. Uh, I think this is the last year that they're as that one group. I could still end up seeing Clay possibly staying with the team if Ke- like because Kevin's I think is gone like there's not I don't, almost don't think that's up for debate um so I could see him coming back just based on the fact he'll be back to the splash, splash brothers yeah. um but I think this might be the last year of them and now that without cousins I think the biggest problem they're facing is in that next round as you had previously mentioned with the Rockets the only time the Warriors beat them this year were when they had DeMarcus Cousins, and Cousins played really well in the game. He had like 27, 8, and 8. And they're 1-3, um, right, against the yeah. Rockets this year? Yeah. Okay. And two of those, the first two games they played without DeMarcus and got beat. Third game, it was for roughly when he was coming back. So it's not looking good for them. And the Rockets can go big. They can go small. Clint Capella is one of the best centers left in this playoffs, if, if not the best, and they don't even have to use them. They go small ball better than anybody else. And you look at the Rockets who just – broke a three-point record in the last week of the season and a team that's playing that well with I mean their fourth and fifth option who are Eric Gordon and Daniel House suddenly look better than the Warriors fourth and fifth best option and that's so weird considering the starting lineup that just took the floor for the Warriors the other night they're up 31 with seven minutes left in the third quarter it's incredible yeah I, I watching that happen is so wild and I think that the Clippers are worth mentioning, uh, at least that they have a chance in this series now. The Warriors don't have anybody that can stay in front of Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell is the best in the league at whatever he does. At the, he's never You w- literally will not see him shoot a mid-range jump shot. Y'all, we're all Louisville fans. His senior year at Louisville, he was a junior year, right yeah, before he left. Junior, junior year, he was shooting so many threes. Like, do y'all remember that? Yeah. And it, it like didn't look that bad. It's not like his shot looked bad, but it, it was just like, oh, cool. Mon- Montrez can yeah. shoot it now. He yeah. can shoot it. Yeah. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. Oh, he's developing his game. Cool. Yeah, we're like, that's going to translate to the NBA. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. perfect. And he's but. going, you know, one of six a game, 0 for 4 a game. And he's just completely thrown that out. He only does these five things that he's really, really good at. And one of them is dunk all over the Warriors off this pick and roll that him and Lou Williams are running. And 
I don't know how the Warriors are going to stop it with no big presence. It's it's going to be tough. And man, I, I tell you what, I got ten to win a thousand on the Clippers in the series. Which you know, why not? No, why not? Oh, for sure. Why not? Yeah, it's, you're staring at it. I mean, mm-hmm. they're NBA players, and I think that's what you're seeing in these playoffs. I mean, n- not to get too off topic, but the Lightning, who just had the best regular season ever, 40 more points than the second place team, they're out in the first rounds. Professional sports. These dudes are all pros, and the Golden State clearly took the second half of that game for granted. And can't take an off night. Yeah, and you see where that gets you with a guy like even Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell can be enough. Now, I don't know how sustainable that is. You had Gallinari with 25. Mm-hmm the other night Montrez literally didn't miss and you know what's we got to be fair if he missed once they probably lose because it was a one possession game and everything so I don't know how sustainable it is but I'll tell you what if the Clippers can hang in there the Rockets can sure as heck beat them crazy thing Warriors are still minus 200 to win the title so that means you have to bet 20 to win 10 on the Warriors to win a title 10 to win 15 on any other team anybody the complete field and I think that might be the most value that you can find in betting the playoffs. But if you all had to take it, no money involved, do you all take Golden State or the field? It's it's definitely a tough call, but I'm still going. I'm going to have to go Golden State. Golden State, even, it's like I said a little bit earlier, I mean, small ball. It's like you said with Steve Kerr saying that these five guys, excluding Cousins, are the best. is his best lineup in the NBA. I think, I mean, that's one ships before, and there's no LeBron this year in the playoffs. And, I mean... No, I don't think any team in the East can handle that small ball lineup. The Rockets definitely the biggest threat. I think you know. I think I think Warriors can run it back. It's Steph Curry too. He's playing the best basketball of his career, arguably. Fifteen yeah. rebounds the other night in Game One. Fifteen rebounds. <laughs> first, first time in an NBA game, I think, let alone playoff history, that a player's hit eight threes and got fifteen rebounds. What? Yeah, t- I can definitely see this guy winning the title. Don't oh, get me wrong. Sure. I just don't see any value in minus two hundred. Matt, who are you going with? Golden State of the field. I mean, I'm kind of with Jake. It's almost like someone's got to prove that they can knock them off their throne, like because they are the defending champs. Man, uh, Rockets were close last year, they, though. But that's what I was getting yeah. into my next one. Is like, I think I'm if I'm gonna take the field, I'm probably gonna end up taking the field. I kind of want to see tonight's game how they bounce back from that blowing that 31 point lead um, without Demarcus Cousins now. Like if they come out strong against the Clips and beat them by 20, it's almost like all right, they're they might be back. They've kind of figured it out. But I think the Rockets are their biggest challenger. I don't – no one in the East. I, I don't see anyone in the East winning it. Especially in, in Los Angeles. This next game is going to be very telling. The Clippers, I don't really feel like that fan base really loved Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. I feel like it was a very negative, anger-based team, even when they were good. And this is a situation where the Clippers have – like the richest owner in the NBA now with Balmer, and they're doing a lot of stuff different. I, I said on a previous podcast that the Warriors or the Clippers would have kept their first round pick if they didn't make the playoffs, which speaks to that Tobias Harris random trade they did in the middle of the year. But they lose it if they do make the playoffs, so they don't have a first round pick now, just so they could get this eight seed. And I was kind of thinking that was dumb before, but then you. You know, as sports fans, you get that memory of that game two win. It almost makes it worth it for the Clippers just going through this transition period. Like, they have that. They're fans and their kids. Like, they got to watch that and enjoy that and everything. It's freaking awesome. The only thing is they're playing in L.A. game three. Warriors are going to have 11,000, 12,000 fans in there. It's it's going to be split. It's going to be a freaking awesome game to watch. And that's what you see with the Warriors now is they can build a home court advantage anywhere. It literally felt like they took most of the season off. They're yeah. still the ones. It's, it's almost Patriots esque. I mean, yeah. you, you they look a little rough during the regular season, but 
who cares? You know the Patriots are going to handle business when come playoff time. It, that's the vibe I get about this Warriors team, even though it's a little bit more chemistry issues this year like we've discussed a little bit earlier. You, you know, a little bit different issues, but same to me it's the same vibe. I mean, they're going to handle business when they get to the pro when they get to the playoffs. These guys are I mean, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, that's just you can it's hard to guard those three guys, any team. Definitely. And KD, I mean, he's still in these press conferences, he's still being mean. He's still being a jerk, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But he is sitting, he's, everybody's asking him, dude, why don't you just take over? Why don't you just score? You got Patrick Beverly on you. And he explains it. Like, everybody touches the ball. If I take a dribble here, all this help's going to come. We're playing as a team still. We're not going to change that. We have a really good team. We have guys that can shoot everywhere. Iguodala has been knocking down threes in this series, and that's one thing that was a big Huge question for mark for them. Because that's the thing. They go small, but Draymond Green and Iguodala are like 20% three-point shooters. Like Draymond Green's offense have just has like gotten worse over the years. Which I'm not a big fan of him, and it's probably my favorite thing ever to watch how they guard him now. Yeah. I loved just, Rondo guarding him. The last Lakers-Warriors uh, game of the season uh, – it was a uh, Wob Perez, the Twitter account. You know, he's I, I love that Twitter account by the way. But he made a bunch of videos uh, of Rondo just basically staying in the paint when Draymond Green gets the ball, just daring him to shoot. Which honestly, it's pick your poison when you play the Warriors. I mean, do I want Steph Curry shooting a contested three pointer or Draymond Green shooting a wide open three pointer? Absolutely. I'm taking Draymond Green Draymond shooting Green. a wide open three pointer. Hundred percent. He almost airballed one the other night, like wide open. I'm like, did that even touch the rim? And then they have two players that can hit threes, not even facing the basket. Clay comes off these screens where he has no room. You're like, oh, he's definitely not even going to shoot it. This is a situation where he gets a pass off, and then it's a three in your face. Steph is out there doing a tap dancing routine. He's not open. <laughs> he's got four people on him, and he's America's hero, and he's just pulling from downtown, hitting. And then you have Draymond Green, where it's awkward. It's mm-hmm. awkward when he has the Doesn't ball. Doesn't look good at all. He's yeah. alone out there, and people are treating him like, oh, that guy, he's got a disease. Let's yeah. stay away from him. <laughs> and it's a wild thing to, to watch. I I really I, I just think that to be small ball effective, you have to be able to do it the Rockets way, where P.J. Yeah. Tucker is your biggest player on the floor, and he's going to hit five threes if you keep leaving him that open. Yeah. P.J. Tucker, I mean, P.J. Tucker, uh, that's one of my favorite players in the NBA. First off, his – his uh his shoe game off the court and his overall just his swag about him with pregame you know you love to watch the NBA players roll in PJ Tucker's got he looks good at before every single game he's always always you know flexing but PJ Tucker how about that game last year and the if, you know Warriors Rockets probably gonna meet again last year PJ Tucker how tall does he go what he's like six seven had like what sixteen rebounds in a game last year that the Rockets beat the Warriors it's a great holy team. cow that's insane yep. we love the Jazz we're Louisville people so we love the Jazz. We want the Jazz to have a chance in this series mm-hmm. that they're playing in. They just don't. They don't. Oh, absolutely not. They just don't. It's a terrible matchup, but the Rockets are a terrible matchup for everybody, and they're especially a terrible matchup for teams that haven't adjusted to the three-point line, which the Warriors have. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be crazy efficient there. I think you're looking at a six- or seven-game series, but, man, it's nuts because the Warriors are minus 200 to win the title, so they're obviously going to be really favored against the Rockets in that one singular series because they have to win a couple more rounds after that. And, you know, the Bucks are tough and the Raptors are tough. And it still, I think those teams have a chance to be Golden State, but I think the Rockets are your team. Mm-hmm. In the rest of the playoffs, what stood out to y'all so far? Uh, any team, y'all can take it wherever you want. Mine's been what we were just getting off with the Rockets. And it's just, I know it's a bad matchup for the Jazz because, I mean, the Jazz basically just have Donovan Mitchell, and that's their only option on offense. But just the fact that the Rockets are beating them by 30 just – Night in, night out. Never so feels far. like and a it, game. Yeah, and it's just like I, last night I was turned it, flipped it over or whatever, and it was first quarter down 15, and it's just like 
well, I'm not not even worth tuning in because they have no chance. And last year they played the Jazz in the playoffs, and the Jazz come off that big series where they beat the Thunder. Nobody thought they could. We're feeling better about Donovan than ever. Yep. And it feels like looking back on it that that was kind of a series, and it wasn't. Like it was a five-game series. Donovan had that sweet put-back dunk, and the Jazz did get their one game. But the Rockets totally dominated. Because yeah. Donovan played much better in that series than he has so far this year. But this year they've just – their goal is lock him down, and, and they're they're, doing it. they're really adjusted to him. He, he doesn't do anything that's unnoticed. Their whole defense moves with every pivot that Mitchell makes, and they're just really well coached. It seems like everything they do is so smart. That guy is such a genius, a Dan Tony. I just really like him. Jake, what's stood out to you about the playoffs? Uh, to me, I mean the Rockets. That's a that's kind of stood out to me. But I'll go the East Coast or the East Eastern Conference. Been boring to me. I'm going to go the Blazers with the with the Thunder. I mean. I, the Blazers have had a phenomenal season. I thought this might be the season for the Blazers where they can come in. You know, I don't think they can necessarily be Golden State, but they can be competitive, you know, come in there and make some noise in the playoffs, and then they lose Nurkic down the stretch. And it's just like you got to feel like that's going to be a gut punch for them, you know. That's that's a big player for them. And then to come out in the first two games, and those haven't really been ball games to be honest. I mean, the Blazers just – Dame Lillard's out there making – I mean, he's looking like Steph Curry. He's out there hitting he's just stupid court. shots. Yeah. You see the other night on Westbrook when Westbrook attempted that three, Damian like put up a half attempt at a block shot, laughed at flexes, him. and then pulls up from the right. logo on yeah. Russ. And Russ like Russ has too much pride to even put a hand up. Mm-hmm. He's too cool for school. He has that quote way earlier in the year where in the Thunder went four and zero against the Blazers in the regular That's season. That's what seemed more surprising. It's to me. worth mentioning, and I, I really thought there was a lot of value in the Thunder winning this series, especially with McCollum only playing two games before the playoffs, getting hurt in the middle of March, and then Nurkic's injury, but. Man, I mean, Lillard is pulling up from half court. He's playing with this crazy mojo that we haven't seen since he hits that buzzer beater to beat the Rockets in the playoffs a couple years ago. And I I really like this Portland team. I I really thought that Westbrook and Paul George were greater than uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and that the role players would kind of annex themselves out. But I don't think that's the case. I think the three-point line is the great equalizer. And McCollum and Lillard are just pulling. And Paul George looks really hurt. Crazy stat on that series. Paul George is one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Like, I think we would all agree yeah. there. So Paul George has guarded Al Farouk Aminu for 80% of this series so far. Isn't that crazy? That is. Like when you have a McCall. Like, I get no maybe, way healthy. Paul George is doing no. that. Maybe he doesn't guard Lillard because you have Westbrook, who's supposed to be a really good defensive point guard, who won't put a hand up, like I said, so I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> but Paul George – is uh, he looked way better last game? Way more pep in his step, way more swagger to his moves to the basket. Just an all around better performance in game one, but he has to be hurt or he would be playing their best guys. Yeah. Well, and how big is it for it's like you said, the role players kind of annex themselves out. You would think, you know, it's it really comes down to Russ Westbrook and Paul George versus Damian Lawrence, CJ McCollum. How big in game one is Enos Cantor going 20 and 18? I mean, the or I mean, the Thunder just they straight up don't have somebody on the bench or the rest of the court that's going to give them big numbers and they can depend on. Steven Adams is a great role player. He's not going to get you a ton of points. I mean, they just it's it's going to come down to Russ and Paul George, and we all know Russ has those nights where he can't. I mean, he's going to pull a thousand you. times, but yeah. he's going to miss nine hundred. I mean, he'll kill you or make your team, and that's such a great point with the Thunder. They have three guys that just fill the stat sheet. George, Adams, and Westbrook are going to get a ton of points, rebounds, and assists every single night. And then they're going to get nothing from everywhere else. It's crazy. That's the big thing is that the Blazers 4-10 through are so much better than the Thunders. And the Thunder have had this problem since KD's days. When are you going to learn you have to be able to spread the floor, especially when both your superstars are driving-type superstars? 
dude, they've been kicking it out to I mean, Anthony Morrow. Is that like the best one? <laughs> yeah, I think is that so. the I think, one? I mean, like they got a... Terrence Ferguson, maybe. I mean, Terrence Ferguson and then Grant. That's, Who both that's it. are Aren't, dunkers. Yeah, they're not, not shooters. Not shooters. It's so weird. You would have thought they would have made maybe try to get Kyle Korver like the Jazz or, exactly. or try to pick Somebody up a shooter like midseason. Like, like look at LeBron he's in the finals every single like every single year of our lives, ten yeah. straight years, and he's not going to be this year. Because they didn't build his team that way. Mm. Every other yep. team he had, they built around with shooters because they had driving superstars, Kyrie, LeBron, LeBron, D-Wade, who are going to kick it out. Like, Bosh is a shooter. Mm-hmm. It, it's so weird to not get it that uh, Thunder GM gets so much credit for this Paul George stuff. And it's like, but Paul George stayed. Yeah, like, do the little things. Get This Alex Abrinas, dude, I, I kind of like shooting with him on the video game. He's not even on the team. I don't know what <laughs> happened to him. He was on NBA 2K19. Where you at, guy? Yeah. They need you in this series. Mm-hmm. I, oh, man. It, the Blazers are absolutely the most impressive uh, part of the series, especially coming off that 4-0 sweep to the Pelicans last year. Yeah. Absolutely embarrassing. Davis literally just stopped going to stuff for this Pelicans team. Like, oh, y'all aren't good. I'm not even going to go. you see his shirt last game of the year? Yeah, a real yeah. classy thing from <laughs> Anthony Davis. Would, wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, but, you know, they beat him 4-0. Drew Holiday and Davis did that. Cousins was out. Yep. Drew Holiday and Davis were enough to sweep them last year. Big chip on the shoulder. That wasn't happening again this year. And I, I didn't put any stock in that before the playoffs. And, damn, the Blazers look good. They do. Eastern Conference, before we get to this Champions League stuff, it's really top-heavy. Game two has kind of helped balance out what we believe to be true. That Magic win looks like a true outlier now, especially since, I mean, Kawhi was in the, at the playground with these guys <laughs> oh, last yeah. game. And, man, I who are you all taking? If you had to bet your life on somebody in the East to make the finals, I don't think you can take anybody five through eight, but I really think you could take anybody one through four, and you can make a good argument about it. Who do you all like, Matt? Go ahead. I mean, I, I'm leaning towards the Raptors. I think they're the more complete team. It's just that I don't tr- – like, it's tough to say, but I don't trust them in game game one. Yeah. And if you can't win game one, and especially against the Bucks, or is that – who would they play next round if they – uh, So the Raptors play the Sixers, Sixers. I was like, Nets. I was like, and if the Sixers come out strong against them, I'd – but I, I just overall think with Kawhi Leonard, if Kyle Lowry's playing well – um, Pascal Siakam, I think they're the best team in the East Like when they're playing well because Kawhi can go up and guard anyone and shut you down, maybe with the exception of Giannis. Cause Th- they're probably the best two-way, legit yeah. two-way yes. players in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to bet. I, I'm going with the Raptors. That's what I'm going to go with. I went with them right before the playoffs started. I was taking the Raptors, and then game ones made me completely flip. <laughs> I'm on the Bucks now. Uh, kind of <laughs> soft, but – I'm sticking with the Bucks. I'm not going to flip again. It's only been one podcast. Uh, I'm at the Raptors are right there though. I love the Mark Gasol pickup. They yeah. can go big. They can go small. They can really shoot it. Uh, I really think they're probably going to beat the Magic in five or six games. Yeah. And I kind of like what the Magic are doing, and still just doesn't matter. I really feel like you could take any of the four teams though. But the Raptors, I feel like, have the easiest road if Embiid is not himself, yeah. not playing tonight. That's so wild. This is such an important it's game. That's yeah. right. Right after he was laughing about elbowing a guy in the face, and he's not even going to come out there and play. Did you see Shaq saying that shouldn't have been a flagrant two? Like That's he totally insane. threw and that clearly elbow. Clearly intentional. Yeah, like, clearly intentional. Yeah, he a thousand percent elbowed that dude in the face on purpose. Yeah. And he's these are playoff games. He's not healthy. He missed ten of his last twenty four games coming down the stretch. That's crazy. It's it's crazy. And those games mattered for seeding and everything. He's hurt. Ben Simmons can't shoot. There's a lot of problems with the Sixers team. So you have to like that matchup for the Raptors, yeah. especially. Yeah. I think the Bucks Celtics, that's gonna be incredible oh, if sure. we really get that. Jake, who do you like? See, I was I kinda agree with what you're saying about the Bucks. I think they're playing the best ball just uh, all year long and even now, but 
Uh, something about the Celtics. I think the way that roster is built, that team, I mean, if Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward's been playing a little bit better here as of late. You got Kyrie Irving. You got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I mean, they just got so much talent on that team. They've looked dysfunctional for a lot of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they should be the seed that they currently are. But I think if they put all together, you know, it's it's playoff time, you know. I think they, if they put all together, that's I think they'll come out the yeah, East. Playoff scary Terry, man. Here he comes. And I, really, I think that Marcus Smart injury is going to help them. Uh, they needed more minutes. They needed guys to have more time to feel comfortable out there and get in a rhythm, and they have that now. And Terry has that now. We pay extra attention to Terry, and I think looking at him is a major like exemplification of that because he's the guy that's going to have his minutes increased most by this, and everybody else is going to get that five- or six-minute bump. Gordon Hayward has been so much better, man. And the Pacers... They were in both of those games, game one and two, in there. Both, and Kyrie just takes over. He's on a different level, 37 the other shots. night. Took over. Tatum just crushed him at the end of the game. Like last, Tatum. Ta- oh. Hit a three, comes down, fakes the three, kicks it, or drops it down to Hayward underneath. Great I mean, offense. Just, in, in the in the most pressure-packed point of the game, that was truly one of the worst beats I've ever seen. Oh, on that spread. Celtics were favored by seven and a half. The Pacers took a shot up two with 57 seconds left, and the Celtics won by exactly eight at the end of regulation. They did everything they possibly could. They were throwing it out of bounds, so no time would run off the clock. <laughs> they I were think, fouling even after the game was over, basically. It should definitely be investigated. But, uh, man, the the Pacers just don't have enough scoring to compete with the Celtics, and I think that's going to be a really big chance for both teams. I mean, their first-round matchups are so cake, and then they're going to immediately be thrown into this gauntlet against each other where both teams just can really shoot they can really defend they can really get to the rim i think the celtics or bucks could really challenge the warriors or the rockets i think it'd be a really good finals i think the sixers are kind of with this Embiid injury are kind of standing out as the fourth best of those four teams i think any of the other three are good calls i'm so happy you said the celtics though because nobody's picked them yet so far and I want to. It just doesn't feel like – I'm a big believer that the regular season matters. And oh, I just for, don't for feel sure. like they deserve it after the regular season they had. So I'm going to stick with the Bucks. I love what they do. Giannis just – the drive and kick of Giannis is the most effective thing I've ever seen. Everybody mm-hmm. just moves towards him like it's a Rubik's Cube. It's mm-hmm. insane. I mean, it, it, and they're going to get healthier as this playoffs goes on too. Like Brogdon – is going to be able to come back if they make it into the third round. And Miritich is back now. And they're just loaded with shooters. I, I don't know. The coaching mismatch for them, too. Budenholzer's crazy. I mean, been the best team in the NBA all year. So slept on. Best record. I love the Bucks. I'm glad we all three have different teams. That's so exciting. Somebody's going to make it. One of us has to be right. I just hope it's not the Sixers. It can't be the Sixers, right? It, it can't be. And you know what sucks is that's who I actually have to win the conference. I have the Sixers at 5-1. to one. So it would be great if it was the Sixers. It won't be, though. It's it's going to be one of these teams. It's not going to be LeBron. Last thing on the playoffs. Guys, do we miss LeBron? Does it suck that LeBron's not in the playoffs? And it, I mean, just because I was a big LeBron fan for so long, like I miss seeing him in the playoffs. Um, it's The East – especially in this first round, has been pretty boring. Yeah. Um, and, like, it would have been just as boring with LeBron in it, though, because, I mean, his team would sweep, boom, move on. For sure. Um, but I think, like, as we were saying, I think it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up being more exciting because we all three just picked three different teams. You had a bet on the 76ers, so, like, we had four separate teams already covered. One of us is going to succeed. Exactly. And whereas, like, in the past, what has it been, 10 years, it's, all right, LeBron's got coming out of the East. Who's, who's he going to play in the West? And that's the exciting part is that 
it like, could, it's yeah, going to be it's, different. It's going to be different. No and like, I mean, different. I'm love LeBron, so I'll, of course I want to see him in there. But I think it's a good thing that he's out of the East and not in the playoffs. And that, that's what I was going to say. I think it allows for a lot more storylines to emerge. It allows for some of the young stars in the East to kind of blossom and you know really show who they are. Whereas you know, if LeBron's in there, it's like you just said. I mean, it's you know, death taxes, LeBron, and yeah. moving on to the I Eastern Conference wanted, Finals. I wanted yeah. it to end with somebody beating them. It just feels weird that it ends this way. You know, For the sure. Celtics were so close last year, and they definitely by no means felt like a team that deserved to beat them with guys that – they didn't have Kyrie or Hayward. It wasn't even their yeah. true team. It mm-hmm. felt like house money the whole time. And, like, LeBron, what he did in the Raptors last year, which is so emasculating and everything, it's just – fun to watch somebody flip the switch in the playoffs like LeBron does on both sides of the ball too and the Warriors are trying to do that right now and they very well could as we talked about but just LeBron I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like it that when somebody wants to go they can go like LeBron and there's no denying too that if the Lakers would have stayed healthy they'd be in the playoffs right now I was like he would miss what 20 games or something like that in the middle like their roster construction was bad. They oh, should have had way more shooters, but what I mean, Ball was hurt. Ingram has the, the, a serious issue now with his heart, where you, it doesn't. You don't know if you're going to get trade value for him, or if he's ever going to be able to play like he uh, once did again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if those guys stay healthy, they got a really good defensive team. Jafel McKee's a good player. Rondo could have fit in, but that, that's the thing. They had all those injuries that fell apart, and they didn't have that's shooters. Lance Stevenson, forty minutes, man. You're not going to make the playoffs. Sorry, yeah. like you're just not. I mean, Magic literally just. Quit. Oh, he said, I'm out. Literally, Literally. he said, I'm out. Yeah. He didn't even tell his boss that he was going to quit. I thought it was a difficult fit, too. I mean, I, I like Rondo's game. I mean, he's been a legend. But, I mean, how do you, spacing-wise, Rondo, you can give him the whole court. He's not, I'm, I'm going to guard him like I was talking about guarding Draymond Green. You know, give him all the room. That makes it so much harder to space the floor with LeBron. If you're your point guard, you automatically got somebody you don't have to worry about shooting threes. And I they, mean, the, uh, the, the they amount still of room played the same way. You know, they still mm-hmm. played the same way. It still was LeBron having the ball driving and kicking or shooting. And yep. that's the thing. He's now kicking out to Lance Stevenson, yeah. Rajon Rondo, Lonzo. Lonzo. And yeah. Lonzo was improving. Lonzo was really yeah. starting to make big shots. And I really do think that he is one of the best defensive guards in the league in terms of his timing, getting steals, his length. Mm-hmm. I really like what Lonzo Ball is going to do. But, man, when he got hurt and you looked at the guys that LeBron was going to play crunch time with, it never felt like they're really going to miss the playoffs. LeBron's really not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And then by that last week, you're like, He's not going to be there. Of course he's not going to be there. How could they be there? Look at their roster. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it's a bummer, though. I, I'm really, really sad. I'm, I'm really sad that LeBron's gone. Let's jump into some Champions League, guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's why you guys are here. You're my <laughs> soccer experts. I love it. First thing, I want to talk about that Man City-Tottenham game. It was absolutely nuts. Man City wins, but Tottenham advances. Guys, I just want to know your all's thoughts on that game. Before we start getting into the specifics, Talk about that game a little bit. I mean, absolutely crazy. What, five goals in the first 21 minutes? I mean, what's the biggest... What's your one out of soccer? What's the biggest knock on soccer? Oh, it's boring. Oh, no goals. Not that. No, absolutely not. I mean, (laughs) freaking... Five goals in the first twenty-one minutes. That's insane. That's that's what that's the best that soccer can get you. Two offensively just absolutely loaded teams. I mean, look at up top for Tottenham. Yeah, sure they didn't have Harry Kane, but you still have Deli Alley soon. I mean, just loaded. Man City the same way up top. There's just so much talent across both sides of the ball. 
and you hope that you're going to get a high-scoring game. It doesn't always happen in soccer. You know, a lot sometimes you get games with a lot of near chances. You know, off the post or great saves by the goalie. But that was just that's everything that soccer can give you right there. The best of it. It was seriously a blast. I I, I think there was a game a couple years ago in the World Cup, maybe maybe much longer than that, where either Germany or Spain scored like seven. Germany against Brazil, pretty sure. It, yeah, yeah. That, so that's I, who it was. I remember because yeah. and that's probably the most fun. And that was a blowout. That's probably the most fun I've had watching soccer, like off memory, like in terms of. No way they're going to score again. No way, no way, no way. And then they just do right then and just like, oh, let's go. That was World Cup in Brazil, in Bra- wasn't it? Yeah, it was World oh, Cup That in was Brazil. when they went crazy on the yeah. streets because it's in Brazil's – it's Brazil's home team and the German machine just, just went to work. Destroy. That was when it ended up being like Messi versus the machine. And that wasn't even a game. You know, no. that was just the idea of a bunch of goals being scored really fast <laughs> on a national stage and it just being awesome to watch and not being like a lot of the soccer that you catch. And this game was seriously phenomenal. Oh, my God, I had so much fun watching yeah. it. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it had all that excitement at the beginning, and then there was a ton of excitement and controversy at the end. Oh, with absolutely. The, the VAR. VAR. I mean, it truly had everything you'd want in a soccer game where there was, you know, just high scoring at the start and then to really get you into it. And then at the end, it's some one team's going to feel they were wronged while the other's advancing. I, I love seeing the managers into it, too. I think soccer is yeah. one of the sports where you don't get to see the coaches really get fired up. You know, it's, you know, a lot of people think of it as, you know, more of like a slower, like gentleman's kind of game. I mean, I love seeing the coaches getting fired up. You see freaking, I forget Tottenham's, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, that's why I don't yeah. want to say it. But, I mean, he was getting fired up. He's hugging all his guys screaming. He didn't even have time to shake the other guys, the other head coach's freaking hand, and the manager, because he's so hyped up. Pep's laying on the ground, oh, like holding his lost his, his jacket, yeah. ripped his jacket off. He's always it, wearing the man. jacket. You can tell that they, like, nobody in soccer's too cool for school. They all want to show you that they really, really care. Mm-hmm. The VAR thing. So, Man City would have scored in like the final minutes of the game putting them up two which they needed it ended up being so Tottenham won the first matchup 1-0 Man City wins this matchup 4-3 making it 4-4 Tottenham moves on and away goals so there's three things we can get into there first thing I want to get into is the VAR what are your all thoughts on that play and VAR in general well, and my thoughts on that play in particular, I, th- I mean, I think that goal should have st- stood, especially like if you might have call- been on sides. Oh, yeah. if, especially if you're going to call, call it a goal as it happened. You know, maybe if they didn't, if they called off sides to begin with, and then they go look, you know, try to find evidence. Maybe then I could see it. But he called it a goal in the field. He sure looked on side to me. That's a, I thought that was a terrible call. Overall, I think VAR is good for soccer. It's I mean, the rest of the modern world's been using instant replay for in pro sports for since the dawn yep. of time. So it's about time soccer joined up and actually started using it. So, I mean, it's a little bit it's a little bit shaky right now. You know, sometimes they have it to where it's like, it seems like five to ten minutes in a game go by, and then the ref's like, oh, let's go check that play ten minutes ago. I which, wish they'd stop the clock. I know you ex- can't stop I, the clock because it's a soccer thing. some kind of way. I mean, yeah, you got to yeah. stop the clock. Especially the delayed stuff like that. I mean, it just it, it messes the whole game up to me. Yeah, and uh, I'm totally with you. The rest of the sporting world is so f- much further advanced, and soccer is, is crazier that they didn't adapt this – sooner because there's only you know especially in like a dull soccer game where it's one or two nothing there's only two or three plays a game that need to be reviewed it's just lazy not to review it It, and especially when so many like soccer teams fans have so many more fans than teams that we like and cheer for and when you think about the rage that can incite based on somebody getting totally screwed you know like like the Saints they were really mad about the pass interference thing and Sarans which wasn't even a pass interference. But I mean close call, close call. You saw I mean a couple guys playing hard. You uh 
you saw their entire city just freak out. Just yeah. you know, they didn't watch the Super Bowl, which I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know about you all. I almost didn't watch the Super Bowl because the city of New Orleans didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really affected yeah, me. I was exactly. really, I mean, that really made a difference. But they, you know, like that's just one city in the United States. You got people, like especially in the World Cup, an entire country ready to riot over something. Just review it. Just yep, get the just call right. It. Nobody's going to be mad if it's right. And exactly. soccer fans too, and especially in those those you know professional clubs. I mean, they get attached to the club. It's not they're not there's not necessarily there's no I always say there's no loyalty in professional soccer. You know, I mean, if somebody signs an extension, it doesn't mean anything. Especially if they're not playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid. At any time, those players can pluck players, or those programs can pluck other players. So to me, those those European fans. I mean, teams like Ajax, they lose players every year. They're attached to the club. I mean, that is their yeah. their their passion is for club. It's not for a player. It's for the sport of soccer in a club. So when you get those calls wrong, I mean, you see they burn down, they burn, they ride and burn stuff down when they win. So you get those calls it's wrong. Mad. It seems like it would save a lot of sweat for the the referees and the you know the people that manage those facilities. A lot more violence in soccer based <laughs> on wins or losses by the fans for sure. You think they would definitely want to get it right? Yes, Matt. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the replay? They definitely want to get it right, but as you were saying, like, I mean, it was called a goal on the field. Like, it looked onside to me. I think I that mean, should matter. It, you know? it really should. It's almost like because a lot of other sports, like football, and you know, if there's not enough evidence to overturn the call, it's just like call it as it's we'll stands, roll with what we had. Roll it, yeah. what we had, um, especially in that moment, and and the one right before it with the possible handball play, and, um, playing a factor into the Tottenham goal, and it's like. They, a lot of people are saying that was a handball. I, I didn't really get a good angle uh, of it. So I, it was, um, it was it, I think t- that was a good call. Like, goal called on there. So it's like they left that one, but yeah. this one they went and overturned. It's almost like a double standard. But It's so odd. I think you have to put some stock into what you call in the yeah. field yeah. or you just take away the refs or the umpire's power and ability or just reason for them to have a job. It's like it makes them – it makes them not as good at their job in, in, in a sense where it's like they know that – they can call something and don't have to be right because they have that replay going on in the back. For sure. And one point, one point I wanted to make, just what I think VAR can be at its peak, what it can do, what it does for other pro sports. I mean, what's one of the most iconic moments in soccer? The hand of God. When, when I think it was, you know, I might be wrong. We might have to fact check this, but I believe it was Maradona, Maradona reached up and clearly handballs and gets away with it. Yeah. I mean, that was in a World Cup a long time ago, but that's one of the most iconic moments in soccer. You have VAR back then. I mean, that play's wiped out. It never happens. And there, there's stuff like that in every sport, that Matt Holiday slot in mm-hmm. baseball where he still hasn't touched home plate till today <laughs> and, and team advanced and everything. It mm-hmm. just – everything – and, you know, they they changed the rule because of the Saints thing. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that that's the thing that did it for the NFL. Disgusting. Yeah. Especially after that – well, I mean, I guess they did change some stuff for the Dez catch because that was legit. Dez really caught it and really scored. Man, it. I'm glad they changed it. it, it it's it's necessary. It's it's great it to have out there. I think there's still some problems and some kinks. The aggregate thing. So they're going to play two matchups at each team's home field, which I think is so cool. And they take the total score. So if you want to lose five nothing, like that, that still matters. It's not just like oh, you won game one and now here it's game two. And if you win, there's going to be a game three. I really like aggregate. The away goals thing. I don't know if I love. Uh, Jake, huge soccer fan. Explain to me whether you think away goals should hold the kind of stock that it does. I mean, I get it. They're trying to find a way to, you know, to decide it. I, I, I don't love it. I'm with you. I don't love it at all. I think, I mean, away goal, both teams scoring away goals, especially if you're the team that's playing away second. I mean, it makes it so much bigger. You know, you need, you know, go all go. Even if you're losing by a bunch, you can get quickly get caught up off away, you know, or tied up and went off away goals. 
But to me, it's just there's going to be complaints anyway. You know, if you go to an overtime, the team that loses, if they're the, the away team, they're going to say, well, we had to play overtime at the other team's stadium. You know, It's been we, this way for all yeah. – yep. it's a really good point. Yep. So I don't, I don't love it, but I think it's a hard fix. I, think it, I really do think it's a hard fix. I actually – I like it. Um, just because I think it alleviates like that issue of like I mean what are you gonna do and like after you play the first game are you gonna go ahead and shoot penalty kicks to see who wins that and then you're like if it comes to an aggregate at the second one you do another one like I I think the away goals is a good one because I mean it's really hard to go in and win on some of the like at Barcelona is really tough to play absolutely Liverpool I mean when was the last time Liverpool lost at Anfield I I honestly don't know and I think there should be a value in going on the road and being able to score two or three goals and like that being worth just a little bit more. Soccer is the most drastic sport in terms of the spread and the odds shifting based on where the game is. It's crazy. Like Bayern Munich will host Borussia Dortmund. And if they're at home, Bayern Munich will be like minus 600, like 60 to win 10. Like, And then if it's at Dortmund, the spread will be like even. And it's the same thing in the Premier League. Every time Liverpool's at home, minus 600 unless they're playing like Man City or something. And then if they're on the road, it's like you kind of bet what you win. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. The minus 100, 200, and they could be playing Cardiff City. And it's not that drastic if it's on the road. I like it too. Just I, I wouldn't want it to be penalty kicks. Yeah, worse. No, I, worse. I, I, well, I, no, absolutely yeah. worse. And I, and I don't think it could be fair if you do it uh, like, oh, who gets the second leg, and, and that's where the overtime yeah. is if it comes in. It's so tough to win on the road in soccer, and that's what I didn't get when I first became a yep. soccer fan. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at those odds and you see the difference of a home team and an away team in the same matchup, when, when you see the first set of odds and then you see them play each other later and you see that shift just based on where the game is, there's nothing like it in American sports. Mm-hmm. It, there really, really isn't. And like we said, I mean, the fans are just going crazy, doing wild stuff out there. So and travel I mean, time, too. Travel time's big. They're, you know, especially Champions League. You might be, you know, you're going from England to Portugal. You're going from, you know, you're going to different countries. It's crazy to see how many road fans there actually are at stuff like that, though. Even given that, like, definitely fewer than those league games. But it's still nuts how many people really make that trip mm-hmm. and just how much people really care. Messi's back in the Final Four. He looks awesome. I don't know who you guys think the GOAT is, but we're going to talk about it, and I can't wait. (laughs) Messi wins this round. Barcelona advances. Cristiano Ronaldo's upset by Ajax. America's team now, I think, because we never have a team in the championship. (laughs) So why not our team be Ajax? I'm down to be an Ajax guy. But who's the true GOAT, guys? Messi wins this round, but it goes back and forth. And this is the classic convo of soccer fans. we got to have it if we're going to do any soccer on the podcast. I think this is the most imp- impossible question to answer in sports. <laughs> I'll say, to me, it's personally, I think Messi is the GOAT. I mean, Ronaldo, I think, has a slider edge in most of the numbers, especially titles. I mean, this is the first time he – Ronaldo had like a LeBron-esque run. I mean, this is the first time in what – I think he went five straight years to the, the Champions League finals. I, I mean, think, it's some it's yeah. some crazy impressive. But uh, and to me, the most – the thing that stands out to me, to me the most – is I mean Messi is five foot four and he's putting up numbers that are right behind Ronaldo. I mean he's right there, and when you're five foot four, you're not gonna have a lot of say in header goals. You know you're not. And uh, to me, he's just what he does is so much more impressive. And I know Ronaldo can't help the fact that he's you know average height, over six foot. But to me, it's just it's more impressive to me that Messi is five foot four and he's putting these numbers up. And my favorite thing about Messi 
No flopping Messi. I mean, no. that guy will not. Agreed. That guy refuses to go down on obvious fouls. There's times, and I hate flopping. There's times where you see him in a certain position on the field, and he just gets whacked, and he keeps going. It's like, dude, take a fall, man. Get get your team a favorable free kick. I mean, that's a real foul. You can go down, and it's not a flop. It's goatish. It seems exactly. like Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, Matt. What do you think? I know. I I would like to go the other way, but I can't. I I'm all in on Messi. Um, I had a couple stats written down, just like. Yeah, Ronaldo's got it with the championships, but I also think he might have, you know, he'd been on a couple better teams um, in the past. But like, Messi's got 662 goals and 808 career appearances, and Ronaldo's got 684 and 955 appearances, which is nuts got, both which is ways. Nuts, which is nuts both ways. But like, in 150 less games, Messi almost has the same amount of goals as Ronaldo. And then I think Messi, I saw a stat; it was actually on Twitter. And it was this comparison of Messi and Ronaldo with certain players. Like, there it is. I was just about to oh, go into there. Yep. yep, thanks, Jake. You pulled it up. And it's like Suarez without Messi, 36. And you've got it pulled up, too. We like, all got it pulled up. Got you think we're, we're not ready for this Red Talk <laughs> podcast? You'd be wrong. I mean, that's one Came of the best play, things I've seen right there. Like, Oh, man, you saw me have it pulled up first. I'm reading it. Suarez without <laughs> Messi, 36 goals. That's pretty good. Suarez with Messi, 59 goals. Neymar without Messi, 20 goals. Neymar with Messi, 40 goals. So, Messi being out there makes you better. better. Yep. And soccer's such a team game. Ronaldo is like, you know, we're not trying to knock Ronaldo. He's probably the second best player of our soccer lifetimes. Yep. I don't think you can argue that. You can definitely argue more that he's first than that he's third. Uh, yes. Benzema with Ronaldo, five goals. Benzema without Ronaldo, 18 goals. Dybala with Ronaldo, five goals. Dybala without Ronaldo, 22 goals. Yep. I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. The, the one stat I wanted to bring up, just where I think we're all messy, but I just want to provide why it's such a tough, tough sure. call here. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo, Champions League. I mean, that's like the Super Bowl. That's that's crunch time. That's when you got to perform. He's got 24 goals in the Champions League, and I think it's I, I might be wrong on here. We might have to double check this, but it's 24 goals in corner in the quarterfinals. The next closest is 14. That's insane. Ronaldo seems to be way more effective on the headers too. You know, yeah, he, he free, seems to get I, well, free kicks are both good, but yeah, headers. Yeah, I mean, that comes. That's to definitely his edge and everything, yeah. and he always seems way up there. It seems like his head is above the goalie's stretched hand, which is just doesn't make sense in terms of the human body. <laughs> I, what I like about like the whole Messi versus Ronaldo debate, it's like it's not LeBron versus Jordan, where it's two different eras. Like we get to witness both of these players in their prime. That's a great point. at the same time, like. Where you can easily make the argument for either side. I just prefer Messi. I think just the way he moves on the field is better. But like the fact that we get to witness both of them. One, one more point I was going to make is like like you're talking about. We get to watch them both in their prime. I think that they're both that you know they're both incredible players. But two points. I mean, there's nothing better than seeing they're different players. There's nothing better than seeing a Messi run where he's just he's slicing and dicing. Even when he gets the assist, he's coming out here breaking defenders three and four on the same run, going a hundred yards and always making the easy play. Exactly. And then, but at the same in the same token, there's nothing better than a Ronaldo free kick. We all remember that who was it? They're playing in the in the World Cup and that long drawn out stance. He pulls up his shorts, flexes his muscles a little bit, and then it was in like the 89th minute. Portugal needed a goal 
holy cow, he's, you know, drawn out, stares down the goalie, staring down the defense, and you everyone knows it. It takes him about five minutes to take it, but we all know what's going to happen. The game, it's, it's a goal. It's in the back. There's nothing the goalie can do about it. You can put a 100-man wall in front of him. He's going to sink it, and I think it's incredible. It goes back to being able to watch them both. I mean, they're so good at what they do. Appreciating them both in their primes is insane. It, yeah. it, that's such a great point, Matt, that they're playing at the same time, and you literally get to just – I mean, every World Cup we get to talk about. Yeah. It's a storyline, and, and it's yeah. so awesome. And the Champions League – I definitely think matters. I and mean, that's why we're doing the, the little soccer mm-hmm. section because this Champions League is so freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Messi definitely bested him here, but man, it, it's such a cool argument to have because they both are just captivating soccer players. And, and soccer just gets this rap for not being exciting to watch. But if you if uh, they're playing in a game, it, it's a crime that it's on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, and sure the world is. can't really watch, or at least America can't really enjoy it i wish we'd put more money into soccer to get that time shifted i know it's not ideal but it seems like if we wanted to make it happen we could i don't know why we don't do a tournament like this we have so many cool stadiums they're in looking the United into States. it they're looking into i forget the name but they're uh they're trying to put one together i mean we have the conga calf but i mean that's just and we've been doing it. some stuff uh during the off season where we have uh real madrid over and yeah, th- we're not friendly. just doing where we're playing the galaxy against them and stuff yeah. like we used to we'll have Two teams, one from Germany, one from Spain, come yeah, over yeah. and play each other at one of our Liverpool, awesome Liverpool stadiums. Summer. Liverpool came last year as well. It's it's such a cool. That's a cool thing, and I just wish we could get some uh, meaning behind it because yeah. right now you don't know who's even going to make the trip over here because games don't matter yeah. and these soccer teams are so deep when it comes to who they can bring, yeah. who they're going to put in their eleven. I I, just, I wish we could get more of it over here. I wish it wasn't on at three o'clock, but it's I think, still freaking awesome. I think the the. Uh, MLS is finally trying to take some steps, you know, opening up academies is huge. I mean, let's be real. The, I don't know how why it took them this long to understand that the college to the MLS, it's just not working. I mean, the best players for America's freaking Olympic and World Cup team never play college ball. I mean, it's yeah. taken them forever to realize that's not going to be the, the filter for it. So they're getting some academies for the MLS teams. I mean, Atlanta's got a big following. But it's like you said, I mean, it really – CONCACAF for World for the international teams, but there's no really North Americans uh, – kind of tournament even if we throw north america and south america together get the mexican league in there central america you know get some of those clubs best you know best couple from the mls best from the mexican divisions you know get them playing each other i think that would be exciting get I, a little I think we'd be interested in it but oh for sure just not many more people it's crazy we you know i wish we could get these main teams over here and just playing some meaningful soccer exactly and i just that people that man city tottenham game being on at three o'clock is just a travesty it's a crime i was enjoying it but most people weren't and that's cool i get it you know you got to be at work i hear you but yeah. man it was cool to watch let's get back into the real champions league barcelona is the favorite now obviously so we have four teams left barcelona liverpool tottenham and ajax ajax the sweetheart 250 to one before this started that is so nuts 250 to one literally only i saw it anywhere in between 12 to one and 22 to one still with two games left crazy barcelona is only plus 190 to win the whole thing they seem like the best team. You guys are both Liverpool fans. What do you all think in that matchup? How much stock are you putting on Barcelona to win it? Or do you feel like your squad's got a chance to really do something awesome? I was like, I hate that we have to play Barcelona oh, first. Sure. Like, it just sucks, like, man. It just sucks because you got my yeah, I was like, got my favorite team in Liverpool, favorite player in Messi. We we got the easy draw with Porto though last yeah, round. So we kinda true. we kinda deserve comes- Barcelona. That's a good thing for you to say, Jake, man. That's yeah. an honest thing. Because yeah. it, it sucks staring it. at that Tottenham matchup on the other side. Oh, just thinking we sure. would dominate both these teams. Especially and without instead Kane. We, I think that's a – oh, my – I can't I, believe they're there. 
I can't. Yeah, I don't. Need, I mean, I can't believe Ajax is there. I mean, the Giant Slayers over there taking out freaking Real Madrid in dominating fashion, and then next round back to back freaking smacking Ronaldo out the Champions League for the first time in five six years. I mean, that that's just no impressive sense. run. Yeah, yeah and they. Uh, I mean, that's they're from the Netherlands, correct? And yes. I mean, that, that's a team that. Most of the time, these countries are completely split in terms of who they cheer for, and I guarantee that entire country is behind them. They've been oh. the best Netherlands, uh, Netherlands team since we were kids on yeah. FIFA. They're the only one that could even crack a four-star. Everybody yeah. else is two-and-a-half yeah. and everything. And, I mean, it's crazy that they made this run. That they, you know, Real Madrid way down oh, all year. Sure. The Ronaldo loss Couldn't has really void. shook their entire team and, and where they'll go almost. But man, the Juventus thing is nuts. They were playing well. They're dominating Syria and just for that to happen is is truly crazy. All right guys, straight up though, who do you like? Do you like your team or do you like Messi to really advance? I mean, I think the winner of this game wins the Champions League. I would agree. I agree. Yeah, and and uh, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong here. Is the Champions League final just 90 minutes? Yes, it's there's no there's no, no aggregate no or anything. Ag- right? It's, it's played at a neutral site. It's a no, one no. game winner take all. I yep. think that that could possibly you know you could look at that if you're Ajax or Tottenham and be like, oh, this gives us a way better chance to pull off an upset. But mm-hmm. also if you're Liverpool or Barcelona, like man, we just got to lock in and yeah, win one win here, one. and mm-hmm. you know that both of those teams' fan bases following are going to be nuts no matter where mm-hmm. that game is. Who do you all like here? I'm gonna have to. I mean. Not trying to be a homer with my team, but I think I'm going to have to go with Liverpool. I think the Barcelona is by far out. It's going to be a tough, tough game. Two offensively high-powered teams. I'm hoping for a lot of goals similar to that Man City-Tottenham game. I think that would make for – it's going to make for a fun watch, I think, either way. But obviously, you know, most people want a lot of goals. I think Sadio Mane, you know, he's been playing the best. He's been playing all year recently. He got Mane, Sala with that goal against Chelsea the other day. He's playing yep. good ball. I was like he's starting to find his Firmi- form again. If we could get Firmino, and that'll be a game-time decision. I didn't love their Origi start over Firmino last game. But, you know, I think the experience in last year's title against Real Madrid with Ronaldo, that's going to really help. I think we're, you know, without the mess-ups from Karius last year and the goal, given he might have had a concussion. Thank you, Sergio Ramos, dirtiest player in soccer. But, you know, I think Whoa. I think, I think if Karius, you know, now that we got Alisson, you know, one of the best goalies in the world, in my opinion, you know, defense is starting to look – I think we just got every piece. This is the year we got to make a run. We got we got to win it. I think I think Liverpool wins it this year. You got a big month coming up, man. You got for some sure. big times ahead as some Liverpool guys. I'm excited for you all. Matt, who do you like? Man, I mean, I really, I really do want to go with Liverpool, but I think I'm going to take Messi and Barcelona. Um I think he's just too much. I mean, he's got Catino and Suarez as well over there. Um, the one thing I don't like is that uh, with Liverpool, it's like uh, Van Dyke. I think he might be the best defender right now in the world. Like he is playing lights out. I mean, you can just tell the difference when he got to Liverpool um, and to where they are like now, before and after, and then the addition of Allison. But Allison likes to play around a little too much back there True. sometimes, and I could see that maybe playing a little role. But I think just in general. Soccer, as you will have said, men, uh, previous mention um, before about how like there's some games just come down to one or two moments, and I think the best player usually steps up in those one or two moments, and I can see Messi being that guy and that carrying them to the the, the title. And this is this is an awesome game. Uh, Liverpool's got a really good chance to win the Premier League. They're right there. 
Barcelona's already won their league, basically. I think it's at the point now where you have to bet two grand to win $10, like if you wanted to take it today on Barcelona to win uh, La Liga. Yeah. So that, that to me, I don't. I think both these teams are so awesome. I've enjoyed watching them all year, league mm-hmm. play and Champions League. That That's going to be my edge, is that Barcelona already has everything wrapped up, and this is it for them, and they have a chance to have this crazy year where Real Madrid's has seemingly completely fallen off. And I just I like Barcelona to kind of just literally take over this season and and win. Man, Liverpool, couple big weeks coming up. You guys are up two points in the Premier League. You're in the final four of the Champions League. You could have the best moments of your soccer fandom lives, or you could just be absolutely crushed. You could win both or neither. I mean, how are you all feeling? Just talk about it. It's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I was saying it's, it's exciting. Uncomfortable is definitely the word there. You still uh, want to be there though. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's I mean, it's better I'll, than sitting at home. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, for sure. It's uh, you know, I, it's very interesting because as you said, as you said with uh about Barcelona having already wrapped up the league. I mean, Man City's out now, so Man City's got one one quest now like, to win the Premier League title. And man, it sure would be. It, it would be. T- I have a, I have a bad feeling about the. The Premier League title for Liverpool, just being up nine, something about being up nine points and, and collapsing like that to let Man City come back into it. It's going to be an interesting finish, but man, it's like you said, if we if we were to lose in Champions League and then not win the Premier League, I yeah. mean, to be right there for both right. and then to come up short in both would be it would, miserable. It basically just be the story of being a Liverpool fan, like you know, just right there on the cusp, but just can't and break. Historically, through. we've been so good, but it's as of late. I mean, the last. 10, 15 years. I mean, there's been some success, but it seems like we've always been, been that short. Yeah. The good thing though we do have going for us, I know Jake and I were talking about this before coming on, um, is actually just like the upcoming month, like who Liverpool has to play and who Man City has to play. Like, Liverpool has a pretty easy rest of the schedule against Cardiff, Huddersfield, who I'm pretty sure they're up. Are Huddersfield's, both in, Huddersfield's in last, I was like, Cardiff they're is in third last. They're, like, they're, they're, they're going to like relegated. Super relegated. Cardiff, like, Cardiff might done. have a – I'd don't. i have to check the points, but Cardiff being in third to last might, might have, have a chance, chance to slot but, out of that relegation But I was zone. like – and then we play Newcastle and the Wolverhampton. We'd beat all four of those teams. Yes. So I'm very – I like all – like I like us holding serve and winning out. Sure. But we have played a game more and we're only two points ahead. So it's like – Man City's in the driver's seat if they win out. And if they win out, they're the champions. Correct. Gotcha. But they have games starting the Saturday, 7.30 a.m., Tottenham again. Oh, man. You guys want to know be- what the line on that is? What, what is, is it? So, Man City's at home. This just speaks to soccer and how crazy it is. You have to bet 400 to win 100 on Man City to win. If you wanted to, if you felt like Tottenham was kind of spunky and you liked him, 100 to win like 400 on Tottenham to uh, win the game or to draw. Mm-hmm. And then to win is like a hundred to win eight hundred or something like it's a ridiculous line for Saturday. And I want Tottenham to play spoiler, but some stats that because I like I I agree with Matt the st- the schedule stacks up a lot nicelier for Liverpool, uh, given that we've already played you know one extra game, but then also that uh, uh, Man City I mean yeah Man City has a lot tougher opponents. But the one stat I'll bring up is Man City Man City against Tottenham has won three straight. Their best in their in their club has four straight. That's if they win. This Saturday would be it would match their best run in the club against Tottenham, and then also uh, Man City or Tottenham has won one of their last eight at Man City. They've won one, drawn one, and lost six. So it's it's That's a tough, it's a very I mean, tough draw. All we need is a draw. We exactly need, we, we don't need, need a draw. Them. Yeah, we need. We a don't draw. need them to get beat. And do they? Do we know? And then they follow that up against Man Man U. Yes. And I think that might be at Man U. I don't have that off the top. It's at Man U. It's at Man U. So that might be the game because I feel like I feel like the Tottenham game. I honestly feel like Man City might just blow them out this Saturday because they're pissed that they just got Definitely. knocked out of the 
the Champions League. And it still and matters, right. obviously. Yeah, and it's, it's a huge game. It's a big game. So, like, I think they're just, like, they're going to come out firing on all cylinders. That's what I was um, thinking, too. I mean, Tottenham, that's about as good as they can freaking play, and they still lost that game by a goal. Like, it's yeah. just still worthy no of Kane noting. Here. No yeah. Kane for Tottenham. No Harry Kane. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible, I feel like, to like Tottenham. They're just daring you there to put some money on Tottenham, especially after what you just watched where – it, it, they were even for two games. They, yep. they tied on aggregate, so it's worth mentioning. But this game's at Man City, and like we said, home field is everything in soccer. And two two more interesting points about that remaining schedule. Uh, Man U's potentially trying to again. We'd have to double check the, the table, but Man U's sitting in like you know sitting just out of reach of the Champions League next year. You know, yeah. top four qualified. I, These, I think they're big fifth games. or sixth. Yeah, yeah, this is big games for them. Try to sneak in, getting that uh, Champions League next year. Uh, but also, they got a uh, Man City still got Leicester City. Uh, oh, yeah. Might want to correct my pronunci- check my pronunciation, but they still have Leicester City, who they lost two one at Leicester City earlier in this year. They got so, some dogs, man. Yeah. I, they, They're always maintained- a gritty team. Yeah, I can't believe they fired their coach. I felt like that dude earned himself a lifetime mm-hmm. contract. Oh, absolutely. With like the biggest upset in the history of sports, sports betting it, ever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy that run. I'm I'm pretty sure Conte was on that team for that run with that manager, and that that just goes speaks again to the passion of the soccer fans. I mean. Leicester City, I mean, they never win the Premier League. I mean, maybe historically a few times, I'm not sure. They're They're rarely in it. And they freaking have – you got fans that literally just go crazy for that stuff. I mean, that that blows my mind about soccer. It's like we were talking about Ajax a little bit ago. Ajax is traditionally a seller's team. I mean, they literally sell their best players every single year. Nigel de Jong said after they beat Real Madrid – He's, he was interviewed. Part of his interview said, "Yeah, when I signed with Barcelona, they told me I better better knock out Real Madrid in the Champions League." I mean, holy cow, man! You're still playing for Ajax right now. You're still trying to play for a title. I mean, the yeah, best player, like, the you, best players for Ajax leave every year, and they sell out preseason games. I mean, it's crazy, man. And and here they are. They're playing Tottenham. Let's talk about that matchup a little bit. Who do you guys like here? Ajax and Tottenham. Are you staying with the Cinderella club, or are you going with Tottenham? Who? I mean, man, it just stuff keeps falling in their lap. They, they could not be catching better breaks. Harry Kane's out, as you said, who's been the guy, like the face of Tottenham for the last couple of years, and he's gone, and they're, they're still here. Arguably the face of the, the Premier League, to be honest. I mean, he's been on a, he's been on a tear lately. Yeah, this uh, this matchup's gonna be is gonna be crazy. Uh, Tottenham's a big favorite, uh, naturally, but I mean, Ajax has been a big underdog two rounds in a row, as you said. They knock off Real Madrid. I mean, they're they're still here. They beat Juventus. They those two teams are arguably better than Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I'm I would I'm taking Ronaldo over Juventus for sure over Tottenham. You know, it might be get a little dicey Real Madrid the year they've had, but for sure. But and I think to me to kind of roll off that with your point. I mean, I got I'm gonna go Ajax. I think I think Tottenham's a good team, but without Kane, that's kind of their focal point of their offense. Don't get me wrong, they got they got some dogs on that team. They got a lot of players, but without Harry Kane, I mean, I, we just said it. Ajax beat two arguably better teams in the two previous rounds. I mean, Ajax has got some young kids on that team that are special. That's why Real Madrid and Barcelona have came calling for them, taking signed contracts with them. Their captain, 19 years old, Delight. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on how to pronounce that. I mean, he's gone to Barca. Freaking uh, Nigel Nick. de Jong's gone to Barcelona. Yeah. Arsenal's going after Neres. Yeah, like I mean, their team, that team's full of some great players. I think I think Ajax takes it. I actually, I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to agree with them. Um because I was thanking Tottenham at first just because of, all right, the Lux, maybe the Lux ran out for sure. Ajax. Um, you know, they got their emotional high of beating Ronaldo, knocking them out, and it's like a come back to reality. Because, I mean, Tottenham's a big name, but they haven't really, they've never been here before. Sure. Um, but then I saw another thing where Son is actually out for the first leg. He's like suspended for the first game. Oh, wow. 
and he was it like the Man City the, game. He's that guy. Everything went yes. through him. Yeah, he like me, like only like Messi and like one other person have like a better like goal percentage like with their chance. I was reading that stat today, and then like Son is that good of a goal scorer where like it shouldn't have gone in, but it does. Yeah. And um, I think that being with him being out that first game is just w- one reason I think Ajax is gonna play real. I don't think they. The draw doesn't come out yet where it's going to be at home or away yet first. Yeah, I don't um, think that's out. I was looking for that today. Yeah. I couldn't find the location. I, I, I just looked up, too. Sizoko is also out for uh, Tottenham. Tottenham. So they've got, they're have got they going in, – in leg one, they will be without Harry Kane soon in Sizoko. And, I mean, and if, that's huge. And if that's at home for Tottenham – or, I mean, if that's a – I guess I think Ajax would rather, like, rather have that game at home that first game because yeah. – they're less Tottenham's less likely to score those goals sure. without Son and other players without Son and Harry Kane. Definitely, you keep them at zero, zero. away goals, you feel great. You feel really great, especially going. if you win yeah. the matchup. I'm I'm on Ajax too, guys. That's cr- it's scary that we all three yeah. on the yeah, same team. We're probably going to get killed. But <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, man, it, I I think there's something to be said when you're talking about a team in any sport playing the biggest games that they'll ever play. And I think that's where you're at with Ajax. I mean, it's it's crazy that they're on this level with these teams that we're mentioning with right now and. I just think that there's going to be something in the air, and that yeah. this is it for them. And I know that the other teams are obviously going to play hard and want it, but nobody's going to want it more. Nobody's going to pray more than Ajax's fans and oh, their absolutely. team. And, and, and the thing is, Ajax too. I mean, they have some history, but it's been a while. You know, I mean, it's like you know they've been they've kind of become a forgotten club historically. I think they're one of only six clubs that's won three or more Champions League titles. Uh, but I mean, they won them way back when. I think they yeah. might have one modern one. I mean, it's. It's like you said, these this is huge for the Ajax fans that aren't old people, you know. I mean they got mm-hmm. the young Ajax fans are people our age, this isn't this is as big as it gets, as you just nobody, said. Nobody everybody's saying Ajax, Ajax. Yeah. Nobody even knows how to say it. Yeah. And that's I mean it's it's crazy. They're in there. So we like Ajax. So that means we like either Ajax to play Liverpool or Barcelona. Let's get out of here, guys. Let's make the title pick. Who do you like to win the Champions League? We'll go around Jake, go first. Well, as we both, as we all just kind of agreed, I think, I mean, Ajax and Tottenham, no offense, both great clubs. I think they're playing for second place. And the one point I think we forgot to all mention, I mean, I'm not a Tottenham fan, but pretty pretty big for them. They've never been this far in Champions League. Yeah. You know, they're kind of the new kids on the block in the Premier League as well. But huge year for them, regardless of outcome, to make it break through the semis for the Champions League, first time ever in club history. So, I mean, that's just even more respect to what they've done this year. But I'm going to go Liverpool. And I don't think it's – I'm not being a homer. We got too – Liverpool's got too much firepower up top. The defense has finally come together. Got a goalie in place. I think Liverpool's going to take care of business against Barcelona. And then I think they'll just become what everyone expects in the, in the finals. That Liverpool will take care of business against either Tottenham or Ajax. That would be great, man. I would be really happy for you all if <laughs> Liverpool won the title. Matt, go ahead. Well, I like that. I mean, I like that pick Liverpool. But as earlier, I picked Barcelona to advance past Liverpool. And that's who I'm going to stick with for – the title i don't see ajax or Tottenham beating them um messi is just too good and and, I, and another page to that battle exactly uh, just the stats, messi bat- knocking another it up one. another notch i mean that gets them too i don't like he, he closes the gap on champions league titles so it's another you know another notch, notch in the belt not, exactly for sure I'm, I'm with you matt i'm going barcelona as well it's a safe pick but i feel like they're the best team and liverpool's got a lot on the plate man i really do i don't I would rather y'all win the Champions League since I got Man City at minus 140 to win the Premier League. So it'd be cool. But, you know, I get it. You guys are real fans. Yeah. I could care less. So we want both. But yeah, uh, <laughs> some, I, some interesting stat lines, too. I just want to, before we, before we go, uh, historically, the Spain, Spanish, Spain has the mo- had the most success in the Champions League. 
I'm looking up the stat now. I had it written down. Uh, Spanish clubs have won 18 times. They've won the title. I mean, that's nine to... I think it's nine. It's 18 split between Real Madrid and Barcelona, but uh, Real Madrid has the edge, I think. But then English clubs have won uh, 12 times between five different clubs. So, I mean, historically... It's likely to be. It's more likely yeah. that, well, as we were saying, Barcelona or Liverpool find their way. I mean, Netherlands isn't on there. That they, they don't have a lot of. They, Ajax is really the only team there that's ever had any success there. So, it's going to be interesting because, especially in that Liverpool Barcelona game, because both teams have, like, I mean, it keeps going back to that home field advantage. Like, it's massive. Camp Nou for and, and, yeah. And, and I was like, when was, I don't know the last time a European clubs or like a has gone over there and beaten Spain like from the Premier League I got I, I don't think they've beaten Barcelona I'm, I'm hoping for a lot of goals yeah, replay that Man City Tottenham yeah. I mean between Suarez and Coutinho coming back that's another huge storyline both were legends for Liverpool absolute great players Coutinho said it was one of the hardest decisions of his life to leave Liverpool for Barcelona and as a Liverpool fan personally one of the most satisfying moments ever when Coutinho sat at home and watched Liverpool play in the finals last year of the Champions League after he left for the supposed bigger club mm -hmm. but all that aside I mean you got three studs up front Coutinho yeah. Suarez Messi going up against absolutely three studs three on the again. other side Liverpool's got Sadio Mane Roberto Firmino yeah. and freaking the Egyptian King Mo Salah it's going to be a it's going to be a ball game it's going to be freaking awesome man it's cool with the way the Champions League is aligned it takes so much <laughs> to get to where these teams are to have a matchup like Liverpool and Barcelona is so cool. Two just heavyweights of their leagues. And then the other side, too. Just two teams that you would never expect to be where they are. Mm -hmm. They're there. I like Barcelona for the title. Let's see how it goes. It's been a pleasure, guys. TTYL. TTYL.